keep the smile and stay tuned on the radio dial with Sirius FM 105.7. Uh, just gone, uh, 8.23, uh, Central African time, uh, the time of the morning, where we join our very own uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith on his segment. Uh, quick fire Q&A. Mufti Sahib, who can that meet you from Aachen? As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Shabbat, mashallah. So uh, happy and glad to be back home, you know, after meeting you and uh, going on uh, that Mpumalanga tour. What wonderful people. Uh, in these small, small towns, you know, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open up many, uh, many, many different doors for us. Jazakallah khairan. You know, Mufti, I missed you yesterday. It was Thursday, right? At 11, uh, at exactly 11.05 was the anniversary of one week. And it was like, you know, hey, I felt like making a quick katam there. You know, it's where you sat, you made the dua. <laughs> and so many aunties phoned me after the, you know, uh, the show that you did uh, last week. You said, hey, but Mufti, enjoyed your food, eh? I said, yeah. Like they wanted to get invited, <laughs> Mufti, but anyway. <laughs> Next time, inshallah, you know, that will be an annual thing. I have to come and visit you, take our time and spend some time with you, you know, that uh, people don't know how hectic our schedules are. Uh, besides the radio, there's so many other things that me and you have to do also uh, because uh, we're in the public light, you know, so we, uh, the, the time is limited, Shafat. So many people wanted to meet me and meet you also, but uh, we only have that amount of time. Absolutely. Allah has really written out the script for us, Mufti Sahib. As I look at your questions coming through, this one says, uh, Salaamu Alaikum, Mufti. There's a new mysterious white lung disease spreading in China with pneumonia-like symptoms. Should we be concerned, Mufti Sahib? Uh, Shifat, to be uh, brutally honest, you know, this started again in November, uh, some type of pneumonia disease uh, that is a respiratory uh, complications for those people suffering from it. Uh, China is saying right now there's no need to be worried. Uh, they have uh, the situation under control, but uh, it seems to be spreading. So if this is version 2.0 of the COVID hoax and spend, uh, scandemic, then uh, we might as well be prepared for another round of all these draconian laws that will follow soon. Remember, way back in 2019, it started uh, during a similar time, during the uh, month of November, you know, and it's every time it is mysterious uh, because the people behind all of these things, they themselves are mysterious. So be prepared for anything, people, that uh, we are at world, uh, we are at war with the world elitists and those who want to control and uh, deep populate our countries, whether it is through war or whether it is through uh, biological weapons or germ warfare, whatever, you always need to be on guard. Put your tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and always prepare for the worst, G. Well, I, uh, you know, interviewed Dr. Shankara Chetty on a medical show on another platform and he mentioned you. He said, hey, remember Shafat, we spoke to them. Hey, he smarks you, man. And you smart him no, too. No, we, we, I, we have to do a part two, Shafat. You know, people actually requested me. It's good you mentioned that. Uh, a part two to conclude uh, the entire COVID uh, saga and uh, episode. So when uh, Dr. Shankara is ready, I'm ready also. I'm not traveling anyway for the month of December. Uh, then we need to do a follow-up and uh, perhaps look at future possible, uh, I'm saying in inverted commas, outbreaks of uh, these type of uh, uh, diseases and stuff, you know, so we can uh, c- conscientize the people that they should not become sheeple again and be misled by all these things. There you see Bruce. Bruce Fordyce coming out in the open and condemning uh, the usage of the vaccine openly in a clip he made a statement and, and everyone knows uh, Bruce Fordyce uh, Shavad, won the Commerce Meriton over and over and uh, he's suffering from myocarditis he had to go for specialist treatment and he said emphatically I will never take another vaccine in my life so uh, if Doc is ready I'm ready you ready we're going to do a part two inshallah people should yeah. really listen to part one because uh, you were the moderator and what an excellent job you did you know 
And it was, uh, you know, it was uh, done in such a way that uh, even the layman could understand what was uh, discussed mm. both uh, religiously and uh, scientifically. So uh, we should really look in doing a part two of that, inshallah, very soon. You know, Mufti Sam, nine million people uh, had uh, listened to that show. Do you know about that? Yeah, nine Salam, I, first million. time I hear about it. <laughs> I still have the recording, anyone who wants it, you know, that uh, yeah. we will forward it to them. Yeah, you forward it to them. You do that. And uh, this is the power of Dr. Shankar Chetty. I mean, he's, uh, he's been funded uh, by those that are anti-vaxxers and by those uh, that have proven the establishment wrong. So, inshallah, uh, consider it done. We will do part two and three. And uh, maybe we should have a serious uh, YouTube channel where we can uh, put all this up, uh, Mufti Saba. Hey, Yusuf, you heard that. Moving on, Mufti. Uh, this question says, when landing in Medina first, uh, should one wear the haram uh, before passing Jeddah, Mufti? No, not if your intention is to land in uh, Medina. In Medina, you can land with your normal clothing, you know. From there, if you go to, towards the Haram, towards Makkah, then uh, there's a place called Bir Ali. So uh, you will put your Haram on there. You will make the Talbiya from there, starting there. So a few kilometers outside of Medina, and you can go there. If you go, uh, if you land in Jeddah and you're going straight to Makkah, then uh, before you come to Jeddah, you're entering the Miqat. So then on the plane already, you will have to put on your Haram if you're going go uh, to go from Jeddah to Makkah straight for Umraji. Mufti Saab, why is the Islamic world still not willing to support Gaza physically, Mufti? Yes, uh, Shafaz, very, very sad. You know, day 61, most probably today, uh, that uh, we cannot stop speaking about the plight of the people of Gaza, the plight of the people of, of uh, Palestine, and also what they're busy doing now, calling for the wak of, of Al-Aqsa to be, to be demolished, uh, to be taken out and erased. Uh, this is what the Zionists want. Uh, the, and you remember that uh, the Hashimi dynasty, uh, the people of Jordan, they actually in charge of the wak or the trust of uh, the endowment of uh, of Masjid al-Aqsa. So uh, that uh, the Islamic world still remains silent, and they will remain silent. And remember that if they remain silent now, that the day when they are in trouble, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not send people to help and support them either, because they are not willing to help and support our brothers and sisters in Gaza. What goes around comes around Shafat, you know, tilkal ayam, nudabulu nas is the Qur'an. These are the days, you know, we t- toss and turn it amongst the people. So what you do today to others, others will do today, uh, tomorrow to you also, G. Yeah, you heard that. What you sow, you shall reap. And what you reap, you shall sow. Hey, I don't know. I'm trying to get linguistic gymnastics going there. <laughs> Mufti, can I accept a cash settlement from an insurance company? A driver drove into me. Hey, Cal time, Mufti. Yes, you be careful this time of year. It's the silly season, the facade season called the festive season. So people are drunk. People don't care how they drive. You know, you might be a safe driver, but the others don't think uh, like you do and their vision might be impaired because of taking uh, liquor and intoxicants. So in this case, if, uh, if the insurance company, uh, not your insurance company, the people are responsible for knocking your vehicle uh, and they offer you a cash settlement even if it's more uh, then you are allowed to take it because you are you are uh, entitled to a compensation because your property your vehicle etc that was damaged uh, due to negligence of another person so uh, this will be regarded as you know uh, that uh, uh, reconciliation between two parties in a cash amount was offered you take it and uh, it will be permissible for you to use also whether you fix your car or whether you use it for some other avenue it is still permissible to accept it g Mufti, the princess of the UAE, got married to a Zionist. Mufti, your thoughts? (laughs) <laughs> Shafat, you know, it's not a princess of the USE, it's a Zionist getting married to a Zionist. 
So uh, that is the, actually the same thing, you know. So uh, remember that the UAE, that's the capital capital of uh, Zionism, uh, because uh, most of the rich Zionists, they've moved there. So they control the infrastructure, they control the money, they control everything that side. It's like, sort of like a safe haven uh, for the Zionists, you know, for them to get involved with one another. That is nothing new. Nothing should shock us in the year 2023. Let me tell you that, uh, uh, respected people and listeners, expect everything. I believe that her reason is that she will try and foster love between uh, the Jews and between uh, the, the Arabs, meaning between her people, between the Muslims. That will never happen. You know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promise is there That the, the great war will still happen Between us and between the Jews That is what uh, they should be more concerned about uh, Getting ready for that Instead of uh, having these uh, relationships Between them, uh, you know, illegal And illicit uh, Relationships between them And then trying to bamboozle and fool uh, The Islamic countries and the Muslim Ummah, shame on her, that is all I have to say You know, out of all the people in the world She's taking someone that is the enemy Of Allah and the enemy of the Muslim also G. Mufti Saab, can a husband demand a share of his wife's salary if he doesn't work? Ibo. <laughs> what belongs to the wife belongs to the wife. You know, if the wife works for her own money, that is her money. If she gives you from there, then uh, no problem. But you have absolutely no right to make uh, demands in uh, uh, in connection to a, in relation to a salary. She has worked for it, so it belongs to her. You have to, you have to support her. You have to provide nafaka for her and not vice versa. Uh, if she's kind to you and she gives you no problem, but you are in no position to make any request to demand a portion or even half of her salary that belongs to her. That would constitute dhulam and oppression against her. Islam is not giving you that permission. Islam has mandated you that because you've taken her in union that you will provide her with all her basic needs necessary things. So uh, that is your responsibility, G. Mufli, uh, my suggestion is perhaps the wife should employ him and make him do some gardening or some, uh, you know, planting or taking care of the chicken and, uh, yeah, and pay him uh, the uh, domestic executive's salary, Mufti. <laughs> yeah, no, no, she can do that, Shabbat, you know, employ him. That, uh, you will wash the dishes, you will do this, you'll, uh, you want to be a stay-at-home dad, so you can do all of these things. <laughs> hey, cook the chow too, Mufti. Okay, cooking the child, but not as good as you. They'll have to come to, uh, for lessons to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're a killer, Mufti. Uh, this question says, what is uh, halal-friendly? We are going on holiday and many places advertise halal-friendly, Mufti. Yes, so there's no thing like halal friendly, you know. It is just a term that is uh, that was coined to, to fool and to do people into believing uh, that the establishment is halal. So uh, that is not a nonsense, Ashifat. It's either halal or it is haram. In between that, there are gray areas. So halal friendly is where liquor and wine is served at the same establishment. Uh, but they tell you that uh, the food that is served has been prepared separately in a, in a separate space or kitchen. You, you cannot verify that because you don't inspect the kitchen. So there's possible risks of contamination of food, uh, halal food coming into contamination with haram. The same utensils are used, you know, and liquor and all of these things. So a Muslim uh, that has a little bit of the taqwa and uh, intelligence will stay away from a halal-friendly establishment. There's absolutely not, nothing halal there. Uh, your iman is at uh, risk. Uh, your iman is at stake. Your actions being wiped out because of that morsel of haram uh, that you will be engaging in. You should be careful. It is festive season. People will be traveling. And uh, for other people, it's a time to coin and to make money. So they will put up these signs, halal-friendly, to do Muslim people. So stay away from that. You know, Either go to a place that is certified halal.
Yeah, you can ask Mr. Jalal also. It is not, it's just like halal friendly. Means it's friendly because it's cooked next to pork. Yeah, be careful, that people. Is exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is about. It is cooked sometimes in the same kitchen, using the same utensils and all of these things, G. Abufti, you and I, hey, we scare like a mess. Pastania. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it permissible for co-workers uh, to gift each other Christmas end of the year gift? Yusuf, looks like you want a mess for a, for a Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah, I think that Yusuf is, is, is lobbying here for, for gifts. So on Sirius FM and as the Ummah, we don't do these type of things. Uh, we want to give, we can give any time of the year. And neither are we going to give gifts to strange males or strange females, uh, Shafat, under the guise of being a co-worker, you know. So these type of things, that will lead to other types of fitness. So we, we're not going to engage in all of these things. Islam has taught us to uh, close all the doors that leads towards fitness. It will start by a gift and then the, the phone number and then from the phone number to chatting and all of these type of things will happen. So rather you protect your iman, you, you, you protect your chastity and your, and, uh, your honesty, you know, that uh, stay away from these type of things. If the uh, company gives you something, you can take it. But encouraging this between uh, people, so in a workspace where there's both men and female and female workers uh, that we should uh, rather abstain from. And uh, if you want to give, give something to your wife, give something to your mother, or give something to your father, G. You know, Mufti Sahib, I recall uh, the late Ibrahim Gengar, Raymullah Lafalif, Kabarud Noor. I remember the last time when he came and he said, hey, chef, man, I want to buy a special type of knife. You know, it comes in different colors and you can cut this and you can cut anything. So I said, you know what? I know of a shop. Come, let's go. And there I went to the shop and they had that exact knife. And I bought him those uh, knives as a gift. Now, I expected, you know, I told the shop, you know who this is? And they looked at me because it's an Islamic uh, shop owned by Muslims. I said, this is Ibrahim Gengar. You know, hoping that, hey, you know, there's a celebrity will give him as a gift. Hey, they charge me, I think, the full price plus 10% more, Mufti. <laughs> that, is what they, that is what they do when you disclose who you are. That's why I practice sign language because people hardly know my face. They only know my voice. So I try not to speak. You know, I use sign language. So then I know I get the discount because if you open your voice and your mouth and uh, then uh, people start charging you more. Yeah, but uh, but I had the opposite effect with the uh, Ashim Amla. Whenever I took him to any shop, they gave him – actually, they wanted to give him the whole shop for free. The Bangladeshis, the Indians, uh, I mean, uh, the uh, Somalians and the Ethiopians, they were running behind him. Ha, Ashim, ha, Ashim, running with Asr, running with the T-shirts and everything. <laughs> but uh, that was an amazing experience all uh, altogether. But uh, – well, Allah turns hearts towards you or against yeah. you, Mufti Saab. Uh, this question here says, uh, Mufti Saab, uh, yeah, is the DA becoming a menace for local Muslims, Mufti? The DA is not becoming a menace. The DA was always a menace for local Muslims. A Zionist party owned by the Zionists, funded by the Zionists, and funding the Zionists, people that can go to Ukraine to inspect the level of the law, but not willing to go to Gaza to inspect the level uh, and to inspect the level and see how many innocent babies were slaughtered and killed and murdered. So then you know you're dealing with a menace, menace to society, you know. So it's nothing new, Shafat. They have unwritten laws that uh, to slow the progress of Islam wherever they come. So they will give you a different set of laws and they will hamper your, your progress uh, wherever you stay as a Muslim. So Muslims should wake up, you know, what they're doing now. 
and uh, their silence regarding the atrocities happening to the people of Palestine, which is, uh, besides being a religious uh, issue, it is also a humanitarian issue. So uh, if a political party cannot uh, speak the truth, then how are they going to lead the people? They're going to mislead the people. That's why I say we should not vote for them. We should vote to vote them out, uh, take them out of power. You know, they're not the official opposition uh, to uh, the uh, ruling party right now. They're actually a cancerous uh, thing that is worse. And uh, I said on the radio, you know, uh, just to mention to the people, when I entered Standerton, it was one of the worst places to drive because of all the potholes. And I opened my lecture there by saying you can rather have potholes and uh, roads that are untarred and uh, all this corruption under the ruling party. And then you still ca- uh, get to keep your religion as a free practicing Muslim. Then having uh, what we have in the Western Cape, the best roads, the best infrastructure, the best service delivery, but your, re- your religion, uh, you're not allowed to practice freely. So that is the t- thing that you have to take a, a note of, you know, and cognizance of, because you might have all these nice things, but your re- religion will become a threat to you. Under the ruling party, the current ruling party, we're free to practice Islam, and in this way, I'm not advocating to, uh, for anyone to vote for any party. I'm merely stating what I saw with regards to service delivery and infrastructure, and the freedom to practice religion. Like people, they could put up a big, I saw by your place, Shafat, big, big Palestinian flags being displayed in Durban, in Johannesburg. That is not allowed in Cape Town. Here, people are fined for putting uh, or spraying the Palestinian, uh, 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 the word Palestine or the Palestinian flag on their own walls, uh, not outside on other uh, municipal infrastructure, on your own backyard. Uh, in your own backyard, if you spray anything uh, regarding Palestine, law enforcement will come and they will issue you a fine. That is just the start of many bad things to come, G. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, many people in Durban are these uh, business stores. They've got a big warehouse. Hey, they've got a lucky flag there. The next time they must say, welcome, Mufti Fandikap. I'll tell them, Mufti. <laughs> I will definitely tell them that. Uh, this question says, uh, Mufti, I received uh, many Islamic uh, pictures uh, per day. Can I delete these uh, with Quranic verses? I can tell you, Mufti, sometimes it's like uh, Bay Azbi means uh, disrespect. Mufti? Yes, Shafat, we all receive many, many, you know, I receive thousands of those per day. So it is better and more virtuous for you to delete it uh, than leaving it there and it might be desecrated because after all, it is the kalam of Allah, it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is just in a written form made into a post, etc. So yes, as you delete any other picture from your phone, and your phone only has a limited space also, so you are permitted and allowed to take uh, out and delete uh, these type of pictures also, G. Mufti Saba, can an imam issue a kula without uh, the husband's uh, consent, Mufti? So in a kula, that is basically where the wife requests uh, freedom to exit the marriage because of certain reasons. You know, perhaps the husband doesn't look after or there is no compatibility, suitability, etc. And she offers uh, the mahar or dowry or gift that was given to her at the time of marriage in exchange for her freedom. For this to become valid, the husband needs to consent, the husband needs to give permission, and the husband needs to uh, accept the offer that the wife is offering. If the husband is not consented to this, then the imam has absolutely no right to enact and enforce a khula upon the husband. Uh, it will be considered rejected, you know, and his nikah will still be intact. I repeat, if if that happened to you, your nikah will still be intact until and unless you give permission for the khula to proceed, G. Well, you know it, people. You don't can't have a spokesperson. It's out on behalf of her. Uh, no. <laughs> no spokesperson, <laughs> no spokeswoman. Uh, can, a woman, <laughs> can a woman in Idda apply henna, Mufti? Hey, the colors are coming. 
Rainbow Nation. Yeah, because it's a Rainbow Nation and it's fest of, fest of time. So if you are in Ida because your husband passed away, or if you are in Ida because of an irrevocable talaq, then it is not permissible. In fact, it is haram for you to uh, beautify yourself, uh, whether it is perfume, whether it is eye pencil, whether it is surma, and similarly, whether you are using henna. You can't even do that because you're not allowed to attract any attention. So that is your purification period, which is called the Ida, the waiting period. You will remain like that until your Ida expire. After that, inshallah, it, uh, you can apply henna and uh, all those other things that were not allowed for you during uh, your Idda period. So it's a very, very short period uh, that is there for you to uh, to recover emotionally and uh, spiritually also, and, you know, just to be better uh, after all of this, uh, the trauma that you went through. So it is your time to work on yourself. So refrain from all of these things. Refrain from those things that will uh, draw and incur the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, Mufti, when uh, we are growing up, like, and then you found that uh, beauty and the beast, I mean, what type of signal is this sending to our kids? Uh, beauty and the beast, uh, Mufti? Beauty and the beast. Yes, so there's no beauty in the beast business, uh, Shafat. Uh, that is something that was created uh, by the West. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation is beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, has designed and created his creation. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's khalaqul alim. Allah is not only the creator, Allah is all knowledgeable. You know, uh, people use these type of terms. And uh, they use it uh, to to cause some sort of of superiority uh, c- c- complex between people that I'm more beautiful than you and you are less beautiful than me. At the end of the day, you know that uh, uh, beauty comes from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah gave it to Nabi Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. And beauty also has to do with character. Uh, you can be how beautiful on the outside, but sometimes beautiful people when they open their mouths, they're the most vulgar type of people, you know, and uh, it puts you completely off. So beauty is actually skin deep Shafat your, your character beautifies you from mm. inside and from outside so people need to work more on their character than uh, what see now the, the Zionist blue eyes blonde hair but absolutely no akhlaq no, no character mm. killing babies killing children and uh, you looking at them saying oh mashallah white people fair skin blue eyes blonde hair but look at what they're doing they're doing what the rest of the world never thought possible so uh, there is an example for us uh, with regards to beauty G Mufti, why are you such a genius, eh? I just said beauty and the beast. You gave a whole tafsir there. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is a compound. Yeah, you're a master. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, you're talking about that. I mean, look at a snake. You look at the snakes are so beautiful. Some have lovely. And that eyes, you know, that thing looks at you with the blue oh, eyes. Beautiful. But uh, hey, you know what? Yes. Hey, hey, Mufti, you starting you know, me up here. <laughs> you know, so, Shafat, when you mention snakes, uh, you know, I have a passion for snakes. So they are re- really, really beautiful. And what is fascinating about them, Allah did not give them ears, number one, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, did not yes. give them hands and feet. Uh, only lizards, lizards have ears. If a snake had ears, then it would never rest because it's so close to the ground, it would be impossible for him to rest. And then the only thing Allah gave him is two fangs. And inside that fangs, there's an organ called the Jacob organ where he takes uh, uh, he puts out his tongue and then from there he takes the air and he puts it up to the spot in the brain and he can judge uh, the distance between him and between the enemy and all he bites you with is a is the same like your sputum the same like your spit it just has a protein inside it's exactly the venom is exactly like your spit but uh, that protein inside is what we call the LD the legal dose that will kill you at the end of the day uh, depending on what type of venom is in there so I always admire uh, snakes how Allah has created this defenseless creature only with two fangs that can kill an elephant man you, you have to you, you have to believe in Allah when you see uh, these type of things G. yeah no absolutely Mufti Saab and you know uh, when they come 
uh, actually the same fangs. Uh, they can, uh, the taste, you know, if you put ship dip, if you put some uh, uh, odor there that they don't like, they can they actually feel it with the fangs also. So uh, brilliant indeed, uh, Mufti Sab. You know, you need to give this lesson on air. You know, unmuted bites. Maybe we start bringing uh, one question like that because uh, from the 13th, uh, yeah, we'll be closing down. But uh, when the kids are on holiday, I mean, we, we definitely need to uh, share topics like that from you. And Allah bless you for that. A beautiful uh, contribution this morning. Uh, let's make this the last one, uh, Yusuf. Uh, it says here, Mufti Saab, is it permissible to pray Musala in Jama? Mufti? So praying masala in uh, or qada salah in jamaah, this is not permissible, you know, because a masala is actually a sin. You have to conceal your sins from the rest of the people. So what you should do is when you have must a salah and you remember immediately, go and perform mudu and read your salah individually. That is the best way to do uh, that uh, shafat. So uh, don't uh, make it in jamaah, don't uh, read your salah, must salah in a congregation. Uh, stay away from that, you know. Uh, I just want to, uh, to add something that we don't have an audience to discuss uh, uh, these type of uh, different knowledges. So when we die, all of this knowledge will be going with us to the grave. We hardly have time to write and to compile and to put it into book form because we're traveling and teaching. So many, many things, uh, Shafat, we can talk and discuss. It is not that the ulama, they are oblivious, they don't know these things, but uh, they, they have the knowledge about medicine, they have the knowledge about biology and all of these things. But uh, unfortunately, uh, there's no audience to to listen to this. So we'll do it, inshallah. Uh, definitely, jazakallah khairan. Mufti, you know, I'm going to say this very openly. Aliens of your caliber and like Mufti A.K. Hussain, they're dying, uh, absolutely dying breed. I mean, the youngsters today, they don't, they don't have the knowledge like uh, what you, uh, I mean, both you and Mufti A.K. have. You know, you know it, your politics, you know, your physiology, you know, your genealogy, you know, your, uh, you know, your, uh, when you come to the jurisprudence and Alhamdulillah, Allah blessed you to, with that. What went wrong, Mufti? That is all the father of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Shabbat. So one alim, uh, once upon a time, when one alim passed away, another alim commented that sometimes Allah gives uh, to the ummah ulama with a very short lifespan, and they're only there for a certain time for people to take maximum benefit from them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes them away. Sometimes at a very, very young age, you know, brilliant ulama are sometimes taken away at a very, very young age, you know, so I'm just a junior, Mufti um, A.K. Saab and all the rest of them, they are seniors, but uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this, whatever I know is what Allah has gifted me, it is not because of my own effort, you know, that my ignorance, uh, that uh, supersedes my, my knowledge that I have, I'm more ignorant in matters than whatever I have knowledge of, so whatever Allah has taught us, uh, that is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nothing uh, comes from us, Shafat, but definitely there's only a handful of true scholars left in the world, and uh, people uh, that I'm appealing to, you know, you have to support them, you have to look after them, you have to take care of them, because if they die, not if and when they die, that you will feel that vacuum and that void in the ummah, and uh, that might not be replaced again. And having outspoken ulama also, Shafat, that is also something that is very, very rare. You can see today with the Gaza issue and other issues as well, only a handful of ulama are willing to sacrifice and prepare uh, speeches, you know, to take on the enemies of Islam, G. Mufti, I'm saying this in uh, humility. I had the privilege of, uh, you know, talking to Molana Sema, Molana Abdul Razak, Molana Umarji, uh, Molana, you know, uh, Patel. Uh, name them all, uh, Pai Padia, and all these are uh, in the uh, advocate I am Bawa. 
And I can just go on and on. And Mufti Fayaz al-Rahim, Rahimullah, all these uh, great people that I even brought them on radio. I spoke to them. I interacted with them. I had a chuckle with them. And everyone, you know, even Chota Mota of Amzinto, Rahimullah, used to all listen to, uh, to the program that I used to do. And they say, you know, Shafat, you put a smile. You make us smile. You make us laugh. You make us do this. And Alhamdulillah, how privileged I was. And they, you know, with the seniors and, I, you know, I became old with them. But now with you, you being a lighty, why you make me feel like a lighty, Mufti? You know, you're doing, you're doing a disservice to me. <laughs> <laughs> the service in, in service, because we're in a country where there's absolutely no service. There's no service delivery. No, Shavad, I wanted to resign from uh, public life. I, I, I thought to myself, I'm just going to concentrate on teaching. This was a couple of months ago, you know, and I spoke uh, to uh, one doctor and, uh, you know, and you, you know, Dr. Nasiba also, Katrada. So there's mm-hmm. also one of my doctors. They always offer advice, etc. And uh, she basically told me, Mufti, anyone but you, if we lose your voice, uh, then we lose a voice of truth. So you can never, ever resi- uh, uh, resign, not from uh, media and uh, not from giving lectures. That uh, This was, uh, and then uh, a few other doctors as well, you know, Dr. Imtiaz, and uh, there's so many other doctors, I don't want to mention all their names. They started sending messages that, uh, please, anyone but you, rather cut down, but uh, never, ever resign. So uh, uh, we can't get out of this. Only death uh, will separate us, inshallah, Ji. Oh, absolutely, Mufti Saab, and, uh, you know, as long as uh, we serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the manner he wants us to serve him, then uh, we are happy, and may Allah make it easy for both uh, you and I, Mufti Saab, and, uh, you know, especially Amin. those uh, that are on the uh, path of haq, and those uh, that are doing it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mufti Saab, you're going to have a mashallah beautiful day ahead, but uh, perhaps uh, what's your topic for Juma this uh, uh, <laughs> afternoon, Mufti? Today, my topic is called the NTDA Bayan, the Menace to Society, what we discussed now. So uh, that will be me all out, uh, guns blazing, you know. I have to create and conscientize the people that uh, of the establishment of a Zionist colony here and uh, the separation of the Western Cape from the rest of South Africa. So they want to create a mini Israel in South Africa, and that is my duty to own the people today, G. Well, Mufti, you have a mashallah beautiful day ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Yes, our people, keep it locked on to Sidious FM for beautiful broadcasting, a lovely nasheed interspersed. I'd like to thank you, Yusuf Asmal, for top tech as usual, and uh, to all of you sending in your questions and so forth. And uh, don't forget the spiritual hour will come in uh, with uh, the 40 dirud, uh, the uh, eyes of the noble Quran being played, and uh, the translation of the Juma Qutbah given from the Holy Lands by Mufti A.K. Hussein from the team and I till we meet you again. We bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.